Thank you for joining me for worship today. Today is Reformation Sunday. It's also our celebration of Calvary's 60th anniversary. Our order of service is in the bulletin. We're going to begin right now with hymn number 200, A Mighty Fortress is Our God. Victory unto victory. 
Blessing and honor and glory and power be to the one who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. His blood sets us free to be the people of God. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, the trumpet call obey. For to the mighty conflict in this his glorious day. Ye that are brave now serve him against unnumbered foes. Let courage rise with danger and strength to strength oppose. By grace you have been saved through faith. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. He saved us freely so that we might serve him willingly. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, stand in his strength alone. The arm of flesh will fail you, ye dare not trust your own. Put on the gospel armor, each piece put on with prayer. Where to fight, keep the faith. The Lord, the righteous judge, has laid up for us a crown of righteousness for us and for all who long for his appearing. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, the strife will not be long. This day the noise of battle, the next the And yet sometimes we live and act as if we are ashamed. Let us repent of our sins, rejoice in the comfort of God's abundant pardon, and recommit ourselves to the tasks he gives us. For apathy in our mission of proclaiming your good news, for taking your precious word and sacraments for granted, and for failure to advance your work with generous gifts, of our time, talents, and treasures. Lord, have mercy on us. Holy and merciful Father, I confess that I am by nature sinful and that I have disobeyed you in my thoughts, words, and actions. I have done what is evil and failed to do what is good. For this, I deserve your punishment both now and in eternity. But I am truly sorry for my sins and trusting in my Savior, Jesus Christ, I pray, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. God, our Heavenly Father, has been merciful to us and has given his only Son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Therefore, as a called servant of Christ and by his authority, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Oh.
this Reformation Sunday is from Daniel chapter 6. Familiar story of Daniel, the lion's den, and we see how Daniel was so concerned about being faithful and true to God and, well, how God did protect him. Now, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where, where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Then these men went as a group and found Daniel praying and asking God for help. So they, sent, so they went to the king and spoke to him about his royal decree. Did you not publish a decree that during the next 30 days, anyone who prays to any god or man except to you, O king, would be thrown into the lion's den? The king answered, The decree stands in accordance with the laws of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be repealed. So the king gave the order, and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve continually, rescue you. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the rings of his nobles, so that Daniel's situation might not be changed. Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night without eating and without any entertainment being brought to him, and he could not sleep. At the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. When he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lions? Daniel answered, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel, and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight nor have I ever done any wrong before you, O king. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. Our epistle reading is from Galatians chapter 5, verses 1 to 6, reading in which Paul talks about our freedom in Christ, freedom not to sin, but free to live as children of God. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Mark my words, I, Paul, tell you that if you let yourself be circumcised, Christ will be of no value to you at all. Again, I declare to every man who lets himself be circumcised that he is obligated to obey the whole law. You who are trying to be justified by law have been alienated for Christ, from Christ. You have fallen away from grace. But by faith we eagerly await through the Spirit the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. Alleluia, Jesus said, If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Alleluia. 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 
Gospel reading is from Matthew 10, verses 16 to 23, where Jesus talks about sending his disciples out into a world like sheep among wolves. Jesus said, I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Be on your guard against men. Be, they will hand you over to the local councils and flog you in their synagogues. On my account, you will be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. But when they arrest you, do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time, you will be given what to say. For it will not be you speaking, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. Brother will betray brother to death, and a father his child. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. All men will hate you because of me, but he who stands firm to the end will be saved. When you are persecuted in one place, flee to another. I tell you the truth, you will not finish going through the cities of Israel before the Son of Man comes. We'll continue with our next hymn, hymn 538, The Church's One Foundation. Oh 
grace and love of our Lord and Savior be with us always. Amen. The Word of God, we want to consider this Reformation Sunday, this Anniversary Sunday, is from 2 Kings chapter 23, verses 1 to 3. Then the king called together all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem. He went up to the temple of the Lord with the men of Judah, the people of Jerusalem, the priests and the prophets, all the people from the least to the greatest. He read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant, which had been found in the temple of the Lord. The king stood by the pillar and renewed the covenant in the presence of the Lord to follow the Lord and keep his commands, regulations, and decrees with all his heart and all his soul, thus confirming the words of the covenant written in this book. Then all the people pledged themselves to the covenant. Let's bow our heads for prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, who art our strength and our salvation. Amen. My dear fellow Christians who are richly blessed because God gave us his word. Last Tuesday was the 506th anniversary of the Reformation. 506 years ago, the Lord caused Martin Luther to post his 95 theses on the castle church door in Wittenberg, Germany. In those 95 theses, what Martin Luther did is he charged the church of his day with not following the scriptures, that a reformation was needed. That's what he was saying. He wanted those charges to be dealt with. He wanted to talk with the church theologians because he figured, hey, we want to check this out and make sure we're faithful to the word of God. The 95 Theses, they were written in the Latin language. So most of the people of Germany wouldn't have known what they said until they were translated and printed, which did happen very, very quickly. Well, Luther was concerned, very concerned, that he himself and, and his church would teach the truths of Scripture correctly. Luther found himself in a situation, we could say, that was similar to King Josiah in our reading for today. Josiah, what had happened with him is he had found the book of God's law, and he wanted to share it with his people. Martin Luther, he also was blessed by God in that God allowed him to find the Bible, that precious book which assured Luther that God had forgiven him and that he didn't have to fear God's wrath and eternal punishment in hell because he had a Savior in Jesus. Well, Luther had grown up as a, a very, very troubled young man because he didn't know what the Bible said about God's grace and the forgiveness of sins. And not many people who lived 500 years ago knew much about what the Bible knew much about what the Bible said about about anything. And how today. You can buy a Bible so easily for a couple bucks. You can, you can put the Bible in an app on your phone 
It's so easy for us to have it accessible today. The Bibles back in Luther's day, they cost so much that only the wealthy could afford them. Furthermore, the Bible had not been translated into the common language of the people, so they probably couldn't even understand it. And what the people of Luther's day needed to do is they needed to be able to dig into their Bibles, just like the Jews of King Josiah's day also needed to dig into their Bibles. They needed to get closer to God's word. They needed to hear the gospel. They needed a reformation. But what about us? Friday was Calvary's 60th anniversary. Our congregation has experienced 60 years of God's grace. But the fact is, is that we still need a reformation today. And that we still need a reformation today becomes more obvious as we ask ourselves, are we always eager to hear God's word? And, and are we always eager to keep God's covenant? Many people will think of their college days as the good old days when their lives were maybe more carefree, but that's not Martin Luther. He spent those years so very depressed because he knew that he was a sinner. And he tried very hard to keep the commandments and do what his church had taught him to do. But he still knew that he was a sinner. And he knew that God had to be angry at him, that God was, well, he believed that God was surely going to send him to hell because of his sin. And what he wanted to do is he wanted desperately to get rid of his sin, but he didn't know how to do it. And he hadn't learned that Jesus died on the cross to pay for his sins and that all who believe in him are forgiven and don't have to worry about their sins. Nor did Luther have a Bible to read so that he could learn about the Savior. But then... One day, while he was looking at some books in the college library, he happened upon this big book that was written in Latin. And when he looked at it, he learned that it was a Bible. And since, since he was training to be a lawyer, he knew the Latin language, and that, that enabled him to say, hey, this is the Bible. As he began paging around in that Bible, he happened to turn to the story of Samuel, to whom God had spoken. You know, God spoke to him, called to him, and, and Samuel, at the direction of, a, of Eli, the high priest, was to say, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. Well, how Luther would have liked to have been like Samuel and have God speak to him. And he prayed that God would give him a Bible. And whenever he found the time, what he would do is he would go to the library and he would open that book and read and study the Bible. And as he read and studied that Bible, God was speaking to him. What he was reading, it was all new and strange to him. He had been terribly misled by the teachings of men. 
But now finally, he could read the truths of Scripture. He could read the Gospel, the Bible truths which are able to make us wise unto salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. He could learn of God's forgiveness. Well, King Josiah's situation was kind of like Martin Luther's. His father and his grandfather, who ruled over Judah before him, they had forsaken the Lord. The scripture says of Josiah's grandfather, he did evil in the eyes of the Lord, following the detestable practices of the nations the Lord had driven out before the Israelites. Joseph's father, Josiah's father was like his grandfather, and the people sadly followed the example of Josiah's father and grandfather. So worship of the Lord was pretty much set aside. The temple fell into ruins, into disrepair, and the worship of false gods was even allowed there in the temple area. The book of God's law was set aside and even lost, kind of like it was in Luther's day. But God graciously used Josiah, like he used Luther, to get his word back to the people. Josiah, he probably knew of the true God from his mother's instruction. And so what he sought to do is he sought to reestablish the worship of the Lord. Steps he took first were to repair the temple, and as that repair work was going on, the book of the law was found. And the book of the law, probably referring to the first five books of the Bible, Moses' books, that was found, and when it was found, what Joseph, Josiah realized when it was read to him is that the people were not following God's will. So he called the people to come to the temple to hear God's word. Then our reading says, Josiah read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant which had been found in the temple of the Lord. How do you think people responded to Josiah's appeal to come to the temple to hear God's word? Were they all really eager to come and to hear God's word? Probably not. Some of them were probably angry that Josiah was inconveniencing them by making them come to the temple. They probably had other things to do and some maybe responded like King David did. In the words of Psalm 122, I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Others may have responded like Luther did after God caused him to find a Bible. Luther, after he found the Bible, he couldn't get enough of it. He was always looking for an opportunity to read and study God's word. Are we like David and Luther? Are we always eager to hear the word of God? Is God and his word really our dearest treasure? Well, we've experienced, as I said, 60 years of God's grace here at Calvary. But we'd have to admit that we haven't always considered God's word to be our dearest treasure because if we did all believe that God's word was our dearest treasure, 
Our church would be filled for our two services on Sunday, for our Wednesday services, for all of our Bible classes and Sunday school classes. Let's all ask ourselves right now, oh, what our favorite activity is. And we may answer that by saying, well, it's visiting with our friends, it's going to the beach, but well, not at this time of year. Fishing, going fishing, golfing, shopping, watching television, searching the internet, or maybe it's watching a sports event like a Packer game or, or I guess even a Lions game. None of those things are wrong in and of themselves. Some of them are enjoyable things that we can do as believing children of God. But do we receive more benefit from doing those things or from hearing and learning God's word? The psalmist said, God's word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. It guides us to eternal joy. May God help each of us to keep reforming more like Luther, who was always looking for more opportunities to grow in the word of God. Well, after Josiah had God's word read to the people, our reading says, the king stood by the pillar and renewed the covenant in the presence of the Lord to follow the Lord and keep his commands, regulations, and decrees with all his heart and all his soul, thus confirming the words of the covenant written in the book. Josiah wasn't promising to be sinless. That wasn't something he could do. No one could make that kind of a promise. Rather, Josiah was making a promise like we make when we confess our sins at the beginning of our service. And when I say, I now ask you before God who searches the heart, do you confess your sins of thought, word, and deed? Are you sorry for your sins? Do you look to our Savior, Jesus Christ, for forgiveness? And with the Holy Spirit's help, you want to correct your sinful life. When with God's help through faith, we answer yes to that question, then like Josiah, what we're doing is we're pledging ourselves to keep God's covenant. We're confessing our faith in our Savior. We're confessing our sinfulness and our total unworthiness before God. We're confessing that it's only because of God that we have any hope, but that because of God, because of our Savior Jesus and all that he and his grace and mercy has done for us, well, our hope is something that is sure and is guaranteed. After Josiah renewed this covenant with the Lord, our reading says, then all the people pledged themselves to the covenant during Josiah's reign, the people were all pretty much faithful in serving the Lord. But after Josiah's death, so many of them returned to their idolatrous ways. It may seem easy to say we want to keep God's covenant, but it's not so easy to really work at keeping that covenant, especially in a world like ours today that wants less and less to do with God. And we certainly can't do that by ourselves. If we pledge ourselves to God's covenant saying, I'm going to keep your covenant, emphasizing what I'm going to do, then we're going to fail. 
So in faith, let's pledge ourselves to God's covenant and rely only on his help and strength. His help and his strength will aid us to keep his covenant. St. Paul, he said, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. So let's pray for God's help so we can always eagerly keep working at keeping God's covenant, striving to do God's will. Back in the days of Martin Luther and of King Josiah, a reformation definitely was needed. God's word had pretty much been set aside so that it was hidden from the people. And well, in 2023, our congregation, as our congregation celebrates 60 years of God's grace, we recognize that we don't have it all figured out. We still need a reformation today. But we don't need a reformation really because the word is hidden from us. God's word is readily available for us. It's readily available for us. We can read, hear, read, and study God's word just about whenever we would want. But is God and his word really our dearest treasure? Let's pray to our God for his help to reform our hearts and our minds so we grow to love him and his word and his amazing grace and love for us more and more every day. Well, we've experienced 60 years of God's grace and every day that God gives to us and to our congregation will be another day of God's amazing grace. May we, by our regular, faithful, and frequent worship, praise, and study of God's word, show that our Savior, his word, and his grace and love really are our dearest treasure. Amen. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, shall keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's confess our faith with the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation he came down from heaven, was incarnate of the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, and became fully human. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who in unity with the Father and the Son is worshiped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let's pray. 
Lord, our refuge and strength, pour out your Holy Spirit on your faithful people. Keep them steadfast in your word. Protect and comfort them in all temptations. Defend them against all their enemies and bestow on the church your saving peace. We pray through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And Lord God, as our congregation has come to its 60th anniversary, we're so thankful that you and your grace and mercy have continued to allow us to serve you and to serve our people with the message of your grace and love. Please always give us a, a growing love for your word so that we want to worship and praise you and, and study your word and grow in your grace and love and share that wonderful message with the world. We've been given your grace. Help us in our efforts to be your witnesses in the world. Look out for all of those in our congregation dealing with different trials and troubles. If it's your will, grant healing, but especially keep on giving to all of us your grace and your mercy and your love. And we gather up all of the prayers we have today as we join in praying. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. We'll join in singing our prayer for our country. God bless America, land that I love. Stand beside her and guide her through the night with a light from above. From the mountains to the prairies to the oceans white with foam. God bless America, my home, sweet home. God bless America, my home, sweet home. And because it is Reformation Day, we'll also sing, God's Word is our great heritage. God's word is our great heritage and shall be ours forever to spread its light from age to age shall be our chief endeavor through life it guides our way in death it is our stay Lord grant while worlds endure, we keep its teachings pure. Throughout all generations. Thank you for joining me for worship today. Wonderful thing that God has blessed us with 
with 60 years of his grace and we pray that we can continue to serve him and serve him faithfully in the days, maybe weeks, years, months to come until the Lord returns. In our congregation this week, Caleb Norder has a birthday on Tuesday, Emily Fritz on Wednesday, Haley Hall Thursday. It would be Martin Luther's birthday on Friday, Gwen Faulkner has a birthday on Saturday. Thursday, we do have a church council meeting. Please remember to keep all of our folks in your prayers. Prayer list is in the bulletin. If you need a copy of it, let me know and I'll get it through you through email. Again, thank you for joining us today. The Reformation, a wonderful thing, thinking about how God gave us his word, which tells us of his amazing grace and love that we've been privileged to share 60 years. The Lord bless and keep you always.